Hi, welcome back to Pest Control, an actual play podcast with Q-Times. For the next three weeks before the start of the season itself, we're going to be introducing this season's new hunters, their moves, stats, beliefs, backgrounds, and a little from the players about their plans for the season. This week, I'm talking with William. Hi, William. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Sam? I'm doing very well. So we are here to talk a little bit about your character. Would you tell me your character's name, pronouns, and playbook? Yeah, so, I mean, to start off, I'm William, they, them, and I, my character is Kelly Aberdeen, he, him, and I'm using the Crooked playbook. What was your original, like, conception for Kelly? Like, like when we were first talking about this character, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I had a couple of ideas pretty immediately, and the first two that came to my mind were sort of a vigilante type character. Admittedly, I had just seen the Batman. (laughs) (laughs) The new Rob Pattinson one. one. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved the idea of kind of, of like what they did with Batman, where it's sort of like a whinier, you know, (laughs) vigilante. Yeah. (laughs) And I wanted to take that and like push it a little bit further, like someone who is very self-serving and is kind of, a nuisance but like maybe is doing a good job yeah that was one strong idea that i had and then another one was like because from our first campaign you know everybody has been introduced to the idea of monsters and magic and stuff being real Mm -hmm. and that's been introduced to the world at large and i really latched on to the idea of someone who desperately wants to be a monster but uh but cannot So, like, the limitation being, like, no matter how hard they try, like, if they get cursed or if they get bitten or, you know, in any other scenario where they would otherwise have definitely turned or become a monster or something, no matter how hard they try, they just can't. And I couldn't really decide between the two. We talked (laughs) about it, and I was just like, what if I did both? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What if both? I love both of those ideas and mashed up. They are so good. Kelly to me feels so like raw. Mm-hmm. Like he feels just like he's kind of a, a a live wire that is like, you know, a little bit insecure maybe about oh, not definitely. being a part of this thing that he wants to be a part of this, like not being able to become a myriad or a monster and also not quite being as like effectual as maybe he wishes he were and I guess we'll see how effectual he is in in play but my my imagining of him is that like he's trying really really hard and doing all this kind of stuff and kind of doing it alone yeah and you know this season I think one of the things we've all talked a lot about being a big part of it is community so it's interesting that we right off the bat kind of have this character who is turning his back on community yeah, and and I especially like well, uh, we should maybe we'll touch on the like you know doing it alone heavy like air quotes because mm-hmm. there is like I don't know how far into that you want to get right now, yeah. but there there is like an element of like sort of um you know for uh, the 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 sidekick who is the 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 person at the computer you know what I mean like mm-hmm. or the the Alfred or like whatever someone someone right. who is helping there is an element of that. <laughs> that we can get into at some point. But yeah, the thing that I really loved uh, just in the sense of like heady wise is just that the character is so devoted to the community 
in, mm-hmm. in a in a broad sense, right? And, and yeah, and is like taking it upon himself to do what he feels is right, and right. through through that like misplaced love of the community is like not listening to its needs whatsoever, you know? Right. And and sometimes when you do that kind of thing, you can stumble into doing the right thing. Right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's sort of that like broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing. Totally. I, I, I really feel that as like the mentality of, of Kelly as a character. Can you talk a little bit about how Kelly, I mean, obviously we're talking about community. So the community we are going to be playing in, the like, space that this campaign is going to be set in is the town that the, what I'm calling an edge city, It's not technically correct, but feels right as far as terminology goes, called Norfolk or Norfolk, depending on who you are. Can you talk a little bit about how Kelly fits into either Norfolk or Norfolk? Talk about his where he lives, where he works and his kind of like relationship to the community a little bit. Yes. So Kelly, uh, in regards to Norfolk, mm-hmm. definitely uh, Kelly is definitely a Norfolkian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's a forker. He's a forker. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a big forker. <laughs> uh, he he's born and raised here. It's it is like home hometown that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And family like had a family home like here. Uh, much like any good vigilante story, you know, tragic loss of both parents left mm-hmm. him their family home and through the encroaching uh, capital T capital C city mm-hmm. coming in had that ownership of the home revoked in a sense and was claimed by the city so yeah he is very much someone with the, a chip on the shoulder sort of thing and works at the local uh skate rink slash bar if i believe yeah. if we called cheapskate which yep. is a great which is a great name and that was sam i can't take credit for that <laughs> <laughs> but uh he works there like begrudgingly but it's really the only place that he could get because uh he was allowed to live above it essentially mm-hmm. like in a loft kind of scenario and the way that i see it is i i pulled this from my own life i i don't i don't see it as like oh there's an apartment up there Right. No, no, it's like it was like the building just like had an, another floor or like an attic or something. Right. And they shifted it into like when Kelly has to go to the bathroom, he has to go downstairs into like the, right. the into the establishment, like go use the bathroom down there. Because I, William, lived in the basement of a Domino's for a year of my Is life. Is that true? That's true. <laughs> I did not know. Th- when was that? That was uh, that was between high school and college. Whoa, me. I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, and it was not, I, I don't get further <laughs> into it because it was not legal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's sort of where I'm like pulling from. So that's what he's got going on. He works there and he, he's sort of a loner, but he does have some friends and that will be expanded. I'm in the actual like playing of the podcast and everything. So. Yeah. I, I'm curious part of the, the the fun of doing these little intro things is figuring out these tiny little details. Do you think that the apartment he- heavy air quotes is yeah. legal or is he is is it this sort of arrangement that he's worked out with the owner where it's like, well, as long as you don't tell anyone, as long as I don't tell anyone. Well, well, I see it kind of like a like I grew up in a small town, Sam. I know that you didn't. Mm-hmm. I did and- not. Yeah. 
and s- illegal things that mm-hmm. don't matter yeah. happen constantly. I mean, like in constantly, cities and, yeah. and stuff like that. But the difference with like between a small town and a city, I think, is in a small town, everybody knows about it. Right. And and so to me, I really love the idea of it being definitely illegal that cool. <laughs> that he lives up there, but everybody knows that he does. Right. Like like even like the local cops, they they know, right. but they're the only time they would ever, you know, follow through on any kind of threats or anything like that isn't isn't like as like an extortion sort of thing, not to like get money out of like cheapskate or whatever. Right. But it's just if like if Kelly was causing problems or something, Kelly, if Kelly was ever caught, right? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just like, you're taking notes. You're like, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, okay, so this thing that would definitely screw up Kelly's life. All right. Mm-hmm. Let me just put that mm-hmm. in my, <laughs> in my notes. File that one away. Yeah. I'll file that one under B for bad. <laughs> B for bad. Yeah. B I have two bad. folders, one labeled a and one labeled B. The B is for bad. What? The A is for excellent. I spelled it wrong. <laughs> I'm really bad at spelling. <laughs> I'm really bad at spelling. Okay, real quick, I want to go over Kelly's stats, which I think we could just kind of read off. Sure. And I want to go over his moves because you are taking a move that is not from the Crooked playbook to start out with. So tell me about the stats and then tell me about the moves. Yeah, so like I said at the top here, where I'm playing the Crooked, and the stat layout that we have is minus one charm, plus one cool, plus two sharp, plus three tough, and zero weird. And you're probably thinking to yourself, wait, 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 I know Monster of the Week. I've read through these playbooks. There's no way that that <laughs> is one of the starting move sets, and you'd be correct about that. Yeah, the layout is very uh, deliberately fucked with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we did it with rules. We, we did, did it with, with rules. rules. I'm within rules. the bounds of the rules. Un- unless like we're missing something where it's like technically I can't. Because I know in the improvements for the Crooked, you can't have mm-hmm. more than a plus two tough. Like if yeah. you take an improvement. But that's not what we're doing. We're using a that's move. That's not what we're doing. Yep. We're using a move to increase that and we'll and we'll get to that i believe oh, we'll get there <laughs> tell us about what moves you have to first your your background and then your moves so the crooked has a background the way that it says is you're you worked a less than legal job before you became a monster hunter what did you what did you do and and essentially we picked burglar mm-hmm. well i picked burglar for kelly and what comes with that is when you break into a secure location roll plus sharp on a 10 plus pick three, on a seven and nine pick two. And those choices are you get in undetected, you get out undetected, you don't leave a mess, and uh, you find what you were after. And uh, we thought that that was important because uh, I, you know, part of the vigilante thing is I think that somebody has to have a previous set of skill sets in order yeah. to actually feel like they can, you know, pursue that sort of uh, a living or whatever. Yeah. And, and for Kelly, I just knew I wanted to be really sneaky. I wanted that yeah. to be like an element of it. And we were actually between, I believe, pickpocket, assassin, and burglar. Assassin mm-hmm. seemed way too harsh. Like it, that that yeah. seemed too far to me. And pickpocket, even though we might we might right. see some of that happening with Kelly, it right. felt like a bold choice to start the season. Yeah, with. before you become a vigilante, yeah. you are an assassin. As everyone <laughs> knows, that's the pipeline. But that's no. how it works. <laughs> you want to move on to moves? Yeah, let's hear about the moves that you've taken. 
Okay, so this is where it gets a little wonky, but I'll, I'll go through the crooked moves that we have first. The f- crooked move, I should say, I suppose. And the one that we started with, and this is what explains how we did the, the stat blocking, is called the deal with the devil. Uh, you sold your soul to the devil. Pick one or two things you got out of the deal. Those would be wealth, fame, youth, sensual gratification, <laughs> skill, add plus one to two ratings, Payment is due either when you die in six months, if you picked two things, or otherwise in a year. And that will come about in a way (laughs) at some point. But I did end up taking, I added plus one to two of my ratings. That's how I got the stat layout that I got. And that was, you added the plus one to sharp and tough. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Because otherwise it would have been like one, one sharp and two tough. So now yeah. I have two sharp and, and three tough. And my my mission moving forward is when, when I get my first improvement, I'm going to take a plus one to sharp so that I can have plus three sharp and plus three tough. <laughs> Fucking wild. <laughs> the most broken. Yeah, I'm so excited to play with it. But, but this is the thing, right? This is, this is the really fun push-pull that we have set up. And actually, before I get into that, let's finish reading through your moves and then let's talk about the reason that you've taken the moves that you've taken. I originally was actually going to take two crooked moves, and the second one was home ground, where your crew made a point of keeping the locals happy, keeping them safe, ensuring things always went down okay. When you're back in your old neighborhood, you can always find people who will hide you or help you with a minor favor, no questions asked, which Sam and I thought really, really worked for the character as far as like a vigilante is concerned, because there's bound to be people who appreciate what kelly would end up doing and would sort of see him or the whatever i do have a name for like you know how bruce wayne is batman peter parker is spider-man i i do have a name for it do we want to reveal it here or do we want it to be in game let's reveal it here and then maybe i can if we decide against it i'll bleep it out yeah so my i'm uh kelly kelly aberdeen is the cryptid (laughs) Oh, I remember you pitching me that again. Fucking amazing because you cannot ever be a myriad. Oh, yeah. People are people are going to say, well, of course, it's a myriad that's doing all of these like vigilante things. How could they get out and get in, get out without being detected? And it's like, "Mm -hmm -hmm." Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. So I pick home ground and that will probably end up happening like later because we we also agreed like the more vigilante stuff i do the more it would probably you know quote unquote make the locals happy and so it would make more story sense if it happened later and sam actually was the one who pitched me to take a move from a different playbook and i think you specifically had something from the searcher in mind so there was uh i'd played in previous monster of the week games where someone had played a searcher and the whole time we were talking about your move deal with the devil i kept thinking to myself well who is the devil like what what did you make a deal with you know we talked a little bit about maybe it being some sort of like crime boss in the city about it being some sort of like you know, demonic presence, but we couldn't, it it didn't feel necessarily like Kelly would have gone down to the crossroads and done anything, especially because we know that Kelly is immune from being turned. So there's this element of like, well, can he be cursed? Like what, what is going on here? And the thing I recommended to you 
is the move from the Searcher playbook called Guardian. You have a mystical ally, perhaps a spirit, alien, or cryptid, who helps and defends you. Define them and their powers with the Keeper's Agreement. Their look is one of invisible, an intangible spirit thing, a weird creature, disguised as an animal, or disguised as a person. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Butch? Yeah, so Butch, um, Butcher, the Butcher, Butch for short, which which definitely I took that from Full Metal Alchemist, if that's not clear, because <laughs> there's a character in that called Barry the Butcher, and they, they don't like shorten it to Butcher or anything, but like the Barry the Butcher, the, the alliteration there made me... Th- think oh that's like that's cool that's a fun name and then i just i was like oh butcher for short can just be butch so yeah it is like uh the way that i see it it's like a some a demon essentially mm-hmm. that was demon demon uh uh with a little asterisk asterisk thank you yeah, yeah demon with an asterisk like some someone who was a person who did like bad things was known as the butcher mm-hmm. and where wherever that person went when they died mm-hmm. <laughs> it's open-ended at the moment who knows yep. or whatever happened to that that person uh eventually made them into sort of a demon asterisk mm-hmm. and uh there was an instance where kelly was in need of an assistant or like in need of assistance Generally, there was a something that was going to go very wrong mm-hmm. for for Kelly as he was, you know, being the cryptid and doing such things, and was essentially saved by Butch. Real quick, we should actually talk about what it was that Butch saved you from, because I think that ties into another element of your crooked. Sheet. That's right. Yes, 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 yes. So the thing, the thing that Butch ended up saving Kelly from is Kelly, as the cryptid, had broken into the police station and was trying to find more information on the, from, from our zero session that we had played Mm -hmm. the, the assassination of like the quote unquote prodigal son, prodigal son who, who had the person who had grown up there and then returned and was going to like take over some things. And, but then was, you know, selling stuff to the city and trying to basically, you know, backstab the neighborhood Mm-hmm. And that that character in our zero session was then like possibly politically assassinated. And Kelly yeah. happened upon information about that through another character that we introduced in that zero session, who is Jillian Murphy, mm-hmm. who is the liaison between the city and the community of Norfolk, because Kelly and Jillian have a sexual relationship. <laughs> <laughs> And it's <laughs> it's interesting. I think this, especially because we are containing this season to one particular place, there are going to be like relationships, both romantic and platonic, that are a bigger driver in this season than perhaps in the, the last season, especially with Sammy's character, who we will we will get to eventually. But one of her her driving things is to bring people together. I'm very interested to see where that all goes. And and I'm very interested to see how your relationship with Jillian Murphy evolves. 
Yeah, as an element of like doing it in the same place as well, it I feel like it almost like forces us to be more deliberate with the way that we interact with people. Because yeah. when you're doing like a regular tabletop campaign and you're going from place to place, you can kind of treat people like shit sometimes just because you know, right. like, well, I'm about to leave. <laughs> right. Or like that kind of thing. Or, or like I can shake the bartender down for money because I know tomorrow night I'm I'm, I'm not gonna I'm be ma- here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So th- there's an element with Kelly where when he's the cryptid, he can kind of get away with doing stuff like that. But as far as like person interpersonal relationship stuff between the main characters as they are seen by the public, I, I'm also excited to see how that plays out, knowing that like we're we're playing this in our home. You know, yeah. and the the people here, we we care about them, and we care about the way that we are perceived by them. So that that'll be fun. Yeah, where did I leave off? Oh, yeah. So got information from Jillian Murphy about the assassination, not because she gave it to Kelly, but because Kelly saw it on her phone <laughs> <laughs> without her knowing. That's the kind of person Kelly is. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. so cares more about the truth, you know, and was following up on that at the police station, broke in when essentially like most of the officers weren't there. But then an officer was there. <laughs> Detective, what what is it? Ripley Adams. Detective Ripley Adams popped in, saw the cryptid uh, in there doing some stuff. And... I don't know if you know this, but the vigilantes don't necessarily have a great relationship with the police unless you're Batman and Commissioner Gordon. But we don't we're not going to do like a <laughs> this is not a Commissioner Gordon situation. For sure. If not. anything, this is this is the opposite of that. Yeah, this is like uh, this is like decommissioner Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> and and Keep it in Sam. Keep that in. <laughs> OK, I'm keeping that in. <laughs> One thing you should know about the cops in this world is they're they're in some ways kind of like the cops in our world in that they all fucking suck. Yeah. (laughs) And Detective Adams was like basically going to kill you. Yes. Had figured out that you had broken in. There was no one else around. You had fought back. He had, I don't know if he had, if we talked about him drawing a gun or something like that, but he put you in a situation where it seemed as though he was going to critically injure you yeah and when that happened then miraculously like for some reason that is still not clear (laughs) to me i mean like like it is a it is a a juicy little morsel that sam gets to oh man decide on himself and, and pull out on me on a moment where i don't expect it but but showed up and saved kelly as the cryptid and they they pieced out of there they they made it on their way. And that's that's one thing that I really loved about Sam pitching me using the searcher move because we are essentially combining the guardian with deal with the devil and the devil yeah. is my guardian. And yeah. it's very cool because like, yeah, there was a deal that was, you know, a life was saved as uh, Butch like saved Kelly and through that essentially like began a contract which was then completed by Kelly in the sense that like the, the plus one that I have to sharp and tough, for example, from deal with the devil, we're, we're seeing that as like Kelly wants to be a monster so bad because like he sees benefits in the powers of monsters, like whether it be claws mm-hmm. or flight or things like that. It's like, Oh, having that strength, having that extra, like those, those boosts to stuff like that's, that's like what I'm looking for. Something that 
you know, gives me a leg up in certain situations. So those those pluses to the the stat blocks are essentially in the form of like strength. Like Butch has granted yeah. strength and like swiftness and sharpness to Kelly so that he can better be the cryptid and accomplish these vigilante duties that he has set on by himself. And, and through that, a deal was was made again that I'm I'm not quite positive on the outcome of. <laughs> so basically the the deal we struck for this the deal we as as players have struck with this is if you are killed if kelly is killed this deal will will come due yes and the way we've talked about that happening is basically william is going to hand me their character sheet and i get to do whatever i want with that and let me tell you i have some i Man, I have so many good plans about that. I can't even tell you. Yeah. No, you literally can't. <laughs> yeah, I literally can't. You can't tell me. It would, uh, if I told you, it, I, I can tell you this right now. If I told you what I was planning for Kelly, it would spoil the whole season. Wow, that's fun. See, this is I just a, a peek behind the curtain. Sam and I are like gluttons for this kind of stuff. We like we love we, we love like even when we like I'm GMing or something. We just we love like if I GM Sam, Sam creates a character and is just like punish me, yeah. punish me as hard <laughs> as you can. Like please, like we crave this like dramatic like gravitas of like storytelling. We just like love that shit. Two more things I want to hit before we wrap up. I want to talk about the other person from your heat. So Detective Ripley Adams is your one of your choices for heat for the crooked, which says a police detective, Ripley Adams, has made it their personal goal to put you away. However, Ripley Adams only knows you as the cryptid currently. Yes. And then the second one, Carmichael, and this is the description there. Carmichael is someone with special powers a person or monster who you took advantage of. And the way that we played that out is that Kelly was trying to garner more information about the capital T, capital C city and found a vampire club owner. (laughs) (laughs) And you know how like vampires can, they have like minions who devote themselves to the vampire and if for Thralls, in return, I think, yeah, to in return become like a vampire themselves. Well, that's what Kelly set up to do. Kelly knew full well that going into it, he would not be turned. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he he took advantage of Carmichael for for his connections and his basically like his small like vampire club empire that he has in the city. <laughs> and and was like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I'll be your thrall. You can turn me into a vampire. I just want to know this stuff. Mm-hmm. And Carmichael's like, oh, yes, uh, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will do <laughs> yeah, that. De- yes. Car- Carmichael <laughs> definitely sounds like the original Dracula, like the Bela Lugosi Dracula. Yeah, Carmichael comes in and is like, I will tell you all the information that you want, but then you are mine. Like, and and, uh, then, and uh, then Kelly's uh, like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, so the taking advantage of portion is literally that Kelly was like not going to uphold his end of the deal at all. He literally couldn't. Like physically, 
I, I mean, I believe like scenario ends. Kelly gets the information that he wanted, has those connections. And then Carmichael's like, all right, time to pay up. I'm going to turn you into a vampire and you'll be a part of my army now. It goes like sinks the teeth into the neck. And then Kelly's like, oh, oh, I'm turning. Ooh, ah, oh, oh. You better then, leave the room while yeah. I turn. You better leave um, the room I'm, as I turn. I love that so much. That's so silly. You better, oh, I'm really, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be gross. You should really just like step out for a minute. And then Carmichael's like, well, no, you have to drink my blood in order to, to, to finish the, the transformation. And then he's like, oh, well, oh, man, I oh, just don't know like, if I. Yikes. Oh, drink your um, blood right now. Oh, like this. I don't know. Hey, do, have you been tested lately? Like, yeah, that's like that seems like it won't matter when kinda... you're a vampire. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's a good point. You can't get SDIs when you're a vampire. That's the thing. Did. Everybody knows yeah. that. <laughs> Uh, I'm so excited to bring in Carmichael too. Carmichael, by the way, I have been I've been thinking a lot about Carmichael since you you pitched that story to me. And Carmichael is a motherfucker. Yeah, it makes he sense. He is gonna really make Kelly's life hard, unfortunately. And whereas Ripley Adams only knows Kelly as the cryptid. Carmichael only knows Kelly as Kelly. Oh, that's right. Doesn't know yes. the cryptid side. So very interested to play those things off of each other. One last thing before we go here is I was wondering if you wanted to talk about Kelly's transness and where that kind of plays into the character. Yeah, I, I myself am trans. And mm -hmm. so like, I, you know, I like playing trans characters uh, just because like if I don't like who does. And then there is that element of like if somebody, you know, a cis person plays a trans person, I'm always like kind of like, huh? not not like I think that's bad, but I'm always like, let's see how this is represented. Like, what do they decide to like focus on that kind of thing? And I prefer to kind of play trans characters just like myself, where it's it, it doesn't really play into their character all all that much. But sort of how like when I played Keely, Keely uh, like had an arm that that like just never grew from when she was a baby. It was like a, a complication of birth or something. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. It's been a while since I played Keely, but yeah. I, I was like very deliberate with the way that I I played that. And I would always make sure you know to never use that like arm on accident or, um, mm -hmm. and I and I wouldn't uh, take it as like a reason for for Keely not to be able to do anything. You know, it was important yeah. to me that Keely was still like very strong and capable. And but I, I thought through every situation where like if she needed to climb a rope, how would she climb a rope? If she yeah. needed to like pull herself up from like hanging off the end of a building, like how would she do that? That kind of stuff. Not like, a, oh, she can't do that because she only has one arm. It's like, no, how do, how would she do it? Because she grew up like only mm -hmm. having one arm. So she would be very capable in that sense. And uh, it was important to me in a similar fashion, like. Keely, for example, is black and Kelly is Latinx or Latine, mm -hmm. depending on how you would prefer that to be pronounced. And that, like we've said before, we, we're not going to be playing into race stuff and like gender stuff a whole lot. Like people aren't going to be like outwardly like phobic in a, in a way that would be difficult to listen to or difficult for us to play out. But at the same time, like we are telling a real world story with like real world elements. We're touching right. on gentrification stuff and I don't touching want on police violence. Yeah. And I don't want that to be absent of like, if I play, a, if I play a character of color 
being a white person myself, like I, I don't want to completely abandon the idea that like race like does play uh, a big part of people's lives even if we aren't touching on it so much so like it didn't really come up a whole lot first season playing keely for example but when we interacted with police for example like when when keely got pulled over by a cop in season one i was like really deliberate about the way that i approached that at like with my character being black Mm -hmm. and i i without like telegraphing it you know, we didn't outwardly say that like Keely is scared because she's black. Like it, right. it, it's, it, it wasn't that kind of a thing. I, j- I just wanted to be, you know, under the surface deliberate with the way that I play characters like that. So back to Kelly, Kelly is trans. He's a trans man. And it's, a, you know, a, a, a Latina trans man. Very, very important for me to mm, do justice to that while also like representing a character and uh, it's also super important for me to not represent that, like the desire to be a myriad or a monster. It, like mm-hmm. I, I'm not doing some kind of like trans allegory. I I'm I'm not. I like you can read into it a little bit if you'd like to, but I I assure you that I have no desire to process the story in that way because, yeah. unlike you know real life where there isn't really a benefit <laughs> in yeah. any way, shape or form of, of uh, like a physical benefit or something like that. There's a, of course a mental benefit, like, because, you know, if right. you, if you discover that Get to live as the yeah, person that you are exactly, or, or like even, you know, for me, my own personal story of like breaking down gender as like, as a construct and like really, really deciding to, uh, essentially like live outside of that because that is like the way that I felt the most comfortable and the way that even if the rest of the world isn't going to see me that way, knowing that that is how I feel and like the way that mm-hmm. I am processing the world allowed me to be a lot more comfortable. So, I mean, I mean, getting specific, like I am a gender. So like, w- you know, absent of gender without gender, I, I live outside of um, that for myself personally. I know like you know, you go through the world, then the world has preconceptions and stuff. But yeah, so for me, I don't want those stories to be intertwined. There is like a literal physical advantage to being a monster in some cases. Like, you know, if you want strength, for example, if you become like a strong monster, or if you are born like a strong monster, there there is like a literal physical advantage there uh, that, that, that could get into like race realism and you know, like trans realism stuff that would, I I think do a disservice to our, the actual like social discussion that, and the, and the way that like actual, like real life trans people have to live and the way that they are perceived. So we're, we're just not going to go there, but it is an element of it. And again, like I, I, the, the character, the character is trans and that is important to me because I think it's important to, show that there are trans people and I it's important to me that like I get to play trans characters because you know there are so many cis people that want to play trans characters and there are so many instances where trans people don't get to play any characters or do anything so in instances where I get to represent things that I, I believe are underrepresented I like to do that and I think it's especially important to to us with you know three people on this podcast who use 
different pronouns than they were born with. You know, to all of us on this podcast, I think it's very important to feature characters that are both like us and unlike us. I think the thing that I keep coming back to this season, the kind of grounding phrase I have for myself is like, Norfolk is a community. And I think we should show all of the parts of that community. I think we need to see, you know, the trans people that live in that community and the myriads who live in that community and the, you know, all of this. And we obviously in this world that we've created have a certain layer of fantasy world building that we've laid on top of everything. But that in no way erases the trans characters. And and I hope that we, you know, my, my hope with this season is that we are able to include that additional element without making people feel like we are saying, oh, look, here are the myriads. They are our, you know, gay characters, trans characters, minorities. Because uh, ultimately, I think in this world, being a myriad is just like another thing that exists and oftentimes is coexistent with all of the things that people already are. Uh, okay, Any anything else you want to say about Kelly that we didn't get to? I guess I could give a brief like character description, just like oh, what, yeah, what he looks definitely. like. Yeah, definitely. And I would love to know what he wears normally and what he wears when he is the cryptid. I went back and forth for a while on like how tall I wanted Kelly to be. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, like there was there's just something about like a, a short vigilante that is like exciting mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> yeah. Like you think you of could like do a, the Batman thing of wearing wearing big soled shoes. You look a little bit taller. Well, no, see, see, no, that would like that would make it more difficult to be maneuver. I'm like seeing like mm. a, <laughs> I'm seeing like just like a very short. So I'm I'm picturing Kelly being like about, I don't know, like five two five three. Oh wow! Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. And he has like short, like sort of sort of faded like long longer on the top like you know trimmed down on the sides relatively curly dark hair and then oh as far as what he wears like yeah he's also kind of lanky too he's uh, i mean he he has what i would describe as like skinny shredded like that kind of like a <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that he's both lanky and short yeah yeah i mean that's an interesting combination tiny like very (laughs) very much (laughs) short and just like ripped thin like little weirdo and he we love to play little i know i do i i I do for (laughs) sure i that's like (laughs) it's he uh he wears like a lot of like dress dress black like just Mm -hmm. um think of like a kind of like silk button-up like stylistic shirts that have like Mm -hmm. you know different pattern trims and is like you know wears bolo ties and like those like collar cuffs and -hmm. stuff like that and he was wearing you know like skinny skinny jeans like black jeans or like joggers or or like those like slouch pants like what are those like yeah yeah a lot of the time is wearing like probably like black combat boots or something just Mm -hmm. uh, it looks very much like someone who is is just trying to be very whiny and depressed (laughs) kind of like like very emo vibes very very much like that and i think like the lightest use of like eyeliner too Mm -hmm. like not going too far with it but definitely painted black nails that kind of stuff and how old is he he's like mid-20s okay like 20 24 to 26 kind of something like that yeah yeah and then as the cryptid he is no capes (laughs) 
but I I see that as like more of like like earth tones, so like a lot of okay. like a lot of brown and and I uh, the way that I would picture it is like a homemade costume of like what you would expect the Mothman to to <laughs> to look like you know except, with the like bulging eyes yeah, too yeah with does like he some, have like a eye mask some like bulging eyes that like have leds in them so that oh like my goodness. they light up you know that kind of thing does he use those to like get around in the dark where he like turns on his eyes big eye i think bulges I, I would say like they're more of like an intimidation thing but he, yeah he can oh. definitely use them to like so like say you're like well you know you're walking down an alley and you've you're yeah. you're a big crime corporate person Oh, also, this is important. Kelly isn't going around like beating up thieves, like yeah. isn't like finding someone who like snatched a purse and like kicking the shit out of him or something. He, yeah. he is like he is only going for like corporate, like systemic evil. And yeah. and that's his main. He's an activist vigilante. Yeah, sure. That's that. Yeah. Those are two terms <laughs> I want to put together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so think of it this way. Like you just got done doing um corporate bad you're you're like bad you're like oh you, your company just you know and in, internally voted to dump more pollutants into a, a river in south america or something mm-hmm. you're like hell yeah we did it we dumped that pollutant and you're walking home from your job where you're evil and doing bad things you got your briefcase <laughs> you're walking down an alley and you hear some noises you look behind you and you're like oh come on this is oh, kind of stressing me out a little bit and you keep walking you turn the corner and like just down at the end of this alleyway, you just see two like lit light up circles, glowing like eyes. glowing eyes. Oh um, my goodness. That's the, that's how I see them being used for the most part. That's sick. Yeah. Something we've talked a little bit internally about is why Kelly is a vigilante, like where he got that inspiration from. Do you want to reveal that uh, as your as your tie to season one? Yeah, I would love to talk about that just briefly. So uh, it's Jamie. It's Jamie from season one. It's like the, the tie-in <laughs> is that like Jamie was this sort of vigilante, literal vampire. Vigilante myriad. Yeah. yeah, vigilante monster. The exact thing that Kelly wants to be. Yeah, who had this like network and stuff. And the way, I think I pitched this a long time ago is Kelly was like on message boards or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily a part of like the network of people that was helping Jamie do stuff but was like you know would be on Reddit or something mm-hmm, like like mm-hmm. on our Jamie our <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Jacego our uh, Jamie Jacego and there would be like uh, an AMA where like I I work I, I'm part of the network for Jamie Jacego ask me anything or whatever and and mm-hmm. Kelly would just be like holy shit oh my god <laughs> Uh, Were you there on the HMS Marionette? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's our season one tie-in. If you've listened to the the first season of Pest Control, to be clear, you do not have to listen to the first season to get what is happening in season two. We are going to set up everything beforehand. It will not be a, a situation where you will feel out of your depth. The main thing you need to know is that the world knows about monsters and some monsters refer to themselves as myriads. That's it. Well, William, thank you so much for for sitting down and, and talking to me about this. And I look forward to talking to the other two about similar stuff. And I look forward to playing this season with you. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be exciting. Yes. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm excited I hope too. so. 
I always love playing stories of yours, Sam. It's a it's a good time, very fun. And the reason we're doing this is because you know I miss pest control so much. So I think I think we all did. I, it was time. It was time. It was time. Uh, and speaking of time, if you would like to go back and listen to the first season, the the arcs of uh, pest control where this story all began, uh, that's on Q Times. So that's Q U E U E T I M E S. That is on their YouTube channel. So if you look that up and you find Monster of the Week, you can find all of the first season of this. And it is it was Twitch streams, but you know you can just like put it on the audio while you're doing some other stuff. It might be on this feed where you're currently listening. Very to cool. This. Yes, potentially. I don't. I am not positive about that yet, but that is something we're we're looking into. So if you see 15 episodes before this, <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah, and I highly, it's a great story. I highly encourage going back and listening to it. I I love it so much. It's, I think one of the best. Sp- pieces of of story that i've ever told like in a collaboration setting or on my own like regardless i i i've written plays i've written movies i've i've done plenty of storytelling myself and i i go back to that quite often and and think fondly of it as genuinely one of the best stories i've ever been a part of so i encourage you to check that out yeah, I, I think, yeah, you, between you, Jonas and Sammy, that that season is like one of the things I'm proudest of of ever being a part of. Yeah, I I, I love it. I love you. Thank you so much. And, every, uh, you know, rate, give us five stars if on whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on. Uh, it really Please helps a lot. Please do. It helps a lot. Tell people about us. I, I appreciate that as well. We all would. And, the only, you know, the only way we're going to be able to get out because we're not like a funded big like podcast is through word of mouth. That helps a lot. Check out some of the other shows that are on Q Times. And uh, especially I want to give a little bump. I mean, you'll probably do this in like an added like (laughs) separate recording uh when it comes to releasing these episodes but i i just caught up on two dollar creature feature personally and i i'm appearing on a one one one-on-one shot for their patreon and i in like two hours hours i'm recording that (laughs) very excited about that it's really great season two is like very very good very incredible and sam is producing it and is working with Ray, the the GM there, on the stories and the elements behind that. And it's it's very it's paying off hardcore. It's very good. Yeah, if you are a fan of pest control and you are uh, like the kind of stories that I tell, I would definitely go check out that. Well, I would check out the first season too. It's actually a actually the first season is a technically a prequel to pest control or, or at least very least set in the same universe. I don't know that it directly leads into any of the events, but it is set in the same universe. And the second season, which I, uh, William said, I hopped on board to produce, um, has some stuff that is coming up that is going to like, <laughs> it has some very fun arcs coming up. So uh, that's all I'll say for now. But uh, go listen to that. It's it's great. All the people on that are, are super fun. And uh, you may see more of them in this feed during the season. That's all. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.